0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to another episode of The Other Identity. I have, of course, your great host, the great Landis, Robbie Landis, with a bit of the sniffles today, so I apologize for that. And along with me, as always, Professor Awesome, a.k.a., or wait, I guess not a.k.a., Ben Morris, a.k.a. Professor Awesome.
1: It works either way, man, but I gotta say, e sniffles or no sniffles, you're, you're just great.
0: I am a natural performer, Ben. You know, I went to uh, college for Mm -hmm. acting. I wanted to be in the movies.
1: Funny story. I was a theater major as well. Nice. Um, I was a dual theater and English major. And then I had my favorite theater professor tell me... Ben, if you get half a theater degree and half an English degree, you're never going to get a job anywhere. So just oh, pick okay, so just okay. pick one.
0: All right. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> even if you had a full theater degree or a full English degree, still you're still dude. probably not exactly. going to get a
1: job. So he said double down on the English thing and then go nuts. So that is, that is what I did.
0: You know, the only reason that I didn't go for the English degree because I wanted to go for uh, creative writing. Uh-huh. was um you know when you're going for an acting degree it's all fun and games just everywhere yeah. you look. But even if you're going for creative writing, you still have to take those courses where they're gonna have you do like research paper yep. and like nonfiction writing. So I was like, forget that.
1: It's funny, I did very little like research type papers when I was in actual college, but since going back to grad school, which I did about two years ago. Uh, it's all research papers. Well, but,
0: but what's great now is I feel like we're the, the internet has been around long sure. enough that you get to do really cool things. Like uh, uh, you're you're going to be writing a paper soon that has something to do with like uh, uh, comics, obviously, because that's what right. you love. Right. But I feel like back when we were first going through, and you brought up the idea of like the internet it's like, oh no 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 no, you have to have sources that come from like the Encyclopedia Britannica, or, right? Like, magazine right, right, right. sources. You can't use the internet. Anybody can say anything on the internet.
1: I'm actually reading a great book right now called Unmasking Batman, um, mm. which is for, basically it was recommended to me by the guy who's kind of like my my mentor in my grad program. He said, if you're going to write a, a thesis about comics, this is a good one to base it on. So I'm, I'm a little ways in. I, re- I wish I remembered the author's name. I'll try to remember it for for next week, but... If anyone out there is looking for, like, a cool academic book on comics, I'm reading that. And then I'm also simultaneously uh, reading Charles Hatfield's Hand of Fire, which is an academic book about Jack Kirby. So there's fun stuff out there, man. There's people making comics and learning fun.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely glad we're at that point now where comics aren't just comics. And there's all this right. ancillary stuff, too, uh, that you can get a hold of. You know, just like, uh, uh, Previously on X-Men, the making of X-Men yes. made series uh, by our friends Eric and Julia. Finding this type of stuff now is, is just it's it's so great to finally see that out in the world. Speaking of Batman though, uh, uh-huh. you actually through the DC Rebirth Challenge just went through the arc Knight of the so Monster much. Men. So much. Um and 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 you actually I, I don't know if this is something new that you've realized or if it's mm-hmm. just just something that this arc reminded you of. But uh you're you're not so keen on Batman as much as you are all of his sidekicks i guess i mean are they sidekicks the, uh, uh, what, what do we really call them associates
1: associates um, There you go.
0: the bad associates i like
1: it i wouldn't even say i'm down on batman it's just after reading in the dc rebirth challenge there it was like back to back to back to back batman stuff so it was like the initial batman run by tom king nightwing Batgirl, girl birds of prey detective comics and then right into night of the monster men And what I noticed as I was reading, not for the first time, was just that I was so much more intrigued with what's Batwoman up to, what's Nightwing up to, what's Red Robin up to, and I just like, I felt like Batman was the least interesting part of the story. And that might be just because between movies, television, and comics, I've just experienced so much Batman as a fan, and I think we all have, that it's almost like, well, I want to I want to hear a new voice. I want to hear a different character. But I was thinking about that, and I was also thinking that like Dick Grayson, through reading Teen Titans, through reading his solo book and being exposed to him on various platforms, I've read and experienced a lot of Dick Grayson stories, and I'm always up for more Nightwing. So I don't know what that says. Um, I think to me, Dick is a more multifaceted character than Bruce, which might be sacrilegious to say to some people but i just like this this cemented for me one that i'm more of a dick grayson fan than i am a bruce wayne fan and two that i'm really intrigued by kate kane a lot more than i was before
0: let me let me throw something at the wall and, and, throw it. and see how this sticks for you see if it sticks so one of the reasons that you like superman isn't necessarily his character but how everyone reacts mm. to to him right mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and what I think he that Batman.
0: Right, I think that Batman is actually very similar because I can see that what's happened to Batman, you know, losing his his parents the way that he did and taking the path that he did. I think that for us as a reader and the way that we look at Batman, that is an accepted part of his life. You know, even Bruce is at a point where he's accepted what's happened to him. Sure, and a lot of his mission and the way that he's trying to help the world and 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 you know, right the world and protect people. He does that through his associates, right? Like, all the people that he chooses to let into his world have also been through some other sort of shared trauma. So in that way, when we're reading and enjoying Dick Grayson or Kate Kane, there's also a facet of Bruce in those characters that we're seeing.
1: I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think that's a really good reading of it. And I think another thing to it is it feels like Bruce's story even though it's ongoing in some ways feels like it's kind of done if that makes sense in yeah, that no, he feels that. he feels very locked in like this is how he was created and this is what he's doing and he'll be doing this forever and he can't change where mm-hmm. he's dick grayson even though he's been around since the 40s it feels like there's real potential for evolution there just the fact that he went from being robin to nightwing there's there's ways he can grow i mean he's not you know he's not going to radically change because He's a corporately managed character, but <laughs> I do feel like there is, stuff can happen to Dick and he can reflect the evolution of the Batworld in ways that Bruce just cannot.
0: Well, and, and, and think about how often too, even in their solo books that, you know, whether it's Dick or whether it's Kate or whether it's Barbara, they're mm-hmm. always talking about their relationship with to Bruce. Bruce. To yeah. Bruce, yeah. yeah.
1: I was also, I, I noted that it is weird to me that, uh, speaking of Barbara, Batgirl was not in night of the monster men it felt like she was she was very much she missed.
0: wasn't you're right no.
1: huh. didn't cross into her book and she wasn't even featured you had the detective comics cast you had nightling and you had batman uh no batgirl which which coming just off reading batgirl and just off reading birds of prey was a little weird to me
0: yeah and, and, it, and it's not like even you know if you were to say well you know during that time was when she was over in japan like that doesn't yeah matter. she wasn't they, doing they, it no they, they cross over all the time sure. they're in they're all over the world yeah. nobody cares yeah. interesting uh, well, as for myself, you know, uh, uh, I'm, I'm still slogging through some some DC Rebirth stuff. Uh, yeah,
1: you're really excited about the stuff you're reading.
0: Look, I, I, fin- I finished Cave Carson. It ended fine. Like, okay. All right. And, and now I'm on uh, the Death of Hawkman, so it's all like Hawkman and Adam Strange. I'm not really into either of those. And maybe, again, maybe it'll end fine and, and on the other side I'll be like, oh, yeah, it was, it was cool. Yeah. But then I still have on the other side of that, uh, uh, Shade the Change Girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'm actually starting is, is uh, on Twitter, I put out a poll on what I should read next on the Marvel side of stuff, and the fans right. have voted. I will be diving into Secret Empire soon, Yeah, um, which you had told me, you know, there's a lot of setup for that. And uh, I did find that there is a trade paperback, uh, which is the, the the prelude to Secret Empire. It's like yeah. 300 pages long. So I feel like that in <sighs> and of itself, even before I get into Secret Empire, is... is, is you know, quite a, quite a task, but I'm about 40 into it And the, um, story so far. I'm really digging There's some really cool stuff in yeah. there. Uh, yeah, so, that was, so that was I'll a fun go on. one. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll that go was a fun, to it eventually.
1: that was a fun one. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, Nick Spencer who wrote secret empire is super capable. He's got some great artists working with him. Uh, that was one of the last events that I was at Marvel for. So Ooh. I'll be interested to get your take on it. And uh-huh. then once you've read through it, I will give you my own, uh, in comp- incomparable insights
0: definitely looking forward to it all right well uh enough of that but not enough of marvel because today is definitely going to be a marvel episode we are talking all about everyone's favorite big green giant coming up next
1: hey what's up it's james And Robbie. Hey, and it's Weird Beard. And we're bringing you a brand new radio show called Checkpoint
0: XP. You don't have to be an expert, even though I am. And we're here to give you everything you need to know about the world of video games. Interviews from the biggest professionals and your everyday gamers. We've got you covered at Checkpoint XP.
1: Whether you're a professional player or somebody who hasn't played in a while, we have something for everybody.
0: Hang out with us at Checkpoint XP every single week on your radio.
1: Find out where we're playing in your
0: hometown at our website, CheckpointXP.com. So if you're looking to have some fun and talk about video games, we got the rundowns for things that matter to you. Checkpoint XP, XP. your
1: home for esports and gaming. Got it that time.
0: Yes. (laughs) Nailed it. For the latest in Overwatch League action, check out the Owl's Nest with me, Robbie Landis, and my co-host, Jake Lyon. For new episodes every Friday at CheckpointXP.com or download from Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you guys for downloading the other identity. We really appreciate that. Uh, everything that we do here is mostly for our own ego, but it's a little bit for you as well. So make sure that you spread that love and let your friends know about the other identity. Get them to download it as well and check us out on social media. So I think checkpoint-
1: that could be. I think that could be our first t-shirt. I'll let you give the checkpoint plug in a sec, <laughs> but I think our first t-shirt could be the other identity, mostly for our own ego.
0: But a little bit for you.
1: But a little bit for you. That can be on the back. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: But checkpoint xp on Facebook and Twitter. Robbie underscore Landis cp on Twitter and Ben J M L R S E. Come on, let us know what you're reading and uh, what you think we should check out if we haven't checked it out already. So uh, we're both reading through The Immortal Hulk. Uh, I'm actually all caught up. You're nearly caught up. And uh, we're going to talk specifically about The Immortal Hulk and all the great stuff that it's done, actually, in a little while. But first, I wanted to take a minute just to talk about the Hulk in general, you know, his, his place in both Marvel, how I think that we in pop culture view him, you know, he's, he, he's actually been around for quite some time. He wasn't, oh, yeah. wasn't the Hulk TV show, uh, with Lou, mm-hmm. wasn't that actually the first Marvel or even superhero TV show?
1: It was definitely up there. I don't know if, I mean, technically Batman came first okay, in the fair. 60s.
0: That's fair. Yeah.
1: Um, and then Wonder Woman, I think came first as well. But as far as a like sustained live action Marvel show, I do think uh, Hulk was was probably the first and like very fondly remembered by a lot of people. Yeah,
0: you know it's it, it's weird because when when uh, the MCU first got going and, and mm-hmm. you 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 read stuff like um like making the universe, I think it's called on on Disney Plus, you know, right? You talk yeah, about yeah, yeah. the idea of wanting to do what they've done now, but you know their main stable of heroes with Spider Man and the X Men, Fantastic Four. They were elsewhere, so they had to go with a lot of, like, you know, B and, and even C tier heroes at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, you know, because the Hulk has been around for so long, he might have actually been considered an A tier hero at the time as well. Although, technically, I think at, at the time, Universal did have him, so they couldn't do right. anything, you know, real solo with him. But uh, the Hulk is an interesting character, the way that they try to use him. Uh, right. out Outside of the the MCU, my only real experiences with him in comic is through the Ultimate Timeline. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he ever got his own series in the Ultimate Timeline.
1: He had many series. He never had an ongoing okay, series, which there. which is kind of leaning into the point. Uh, mm-hmm. The big point I'm going to make is that. All right. So look, the Hulk, his, his concept is great. This kind of Jekyll and Hyde, scientist and monster. Like there's, there's a lot to it. And I think just when Stanley and Jack Kirby came up with it, it's a great, like, high concept, right? Uh-huh. But when you have to actually put it into practice and do an ongoing monthly series starring the Hulk, I think there have been, here comes the hot take, a lot more bad Hulk comics than there have been good Hulk comics.
0: I No, I, I don't think that's a bad take at all. I, I agree with that because the problem is we look at the alter ego as the hero, right? You mm-hmm. have, you know, your your Tony Starks, your your Steve Rogers, uh, your Bruce Waynes. You know, we see the person, and then the hero is the other guy, right? Right. But right. the problem is when the other guy is a big rage monster who destroys everything in his path. It's hard, I think, even even in the world of make believe, it's hard to reconcile the idea with Yeah, he just killed those bad guys and you know tore yeah. down the Empire State Building. Woo! He's a hero.
1: And then they always do like kind of the mental calisthenics of, "Oh, well he didn't actually kill anybody." Like, come on. Like he's he's a raging out of control monster. Like what? surely some people are going to get caught. Yeah, in I the mean even now. Rage.
0: Yeah, even now in the Immortal Hulk, you know, they they, they say that, you know, uh, Bruce Banner yeah, subconsciously they make a big point that. was was holding back, but accidents still happen. Feels you like know? a lot. Uh but, but yeah, so, so it, it, in Ultimates, he was always – I think he was actually used really well in the Ultimates because yeah. he was always used. I remember there was one issue where uh, Spider-Man had to stop him from rampaging through New York. Mm-hmm. There was, of course, the uh, Wolverine versus uh, Hulk. versus Hulk. That, that yeah. was a great one. And, uh-huh. and my favorite take on the Hulk, and uh, I'll make sure to go back to this in, in our second segment too because I feel like they, they continue with this concept in the Immortal Hulk. Is that just raging out isn't really his superpower because in Ultimate he was also sort of a byproduct of both gamma radiation and the super soldier serum. But there is an issue where Tony Stark is actually experimenting on Banner and puts him in this room and then replicates the conditions of – I think it's Venus or Mars – And the Hulk actually grows like an extra lung. He adapts. He adapts. And and that's sort of his power is they wanted to create a super super soldier that adapted to any situation or environment that he was put in. And just that sort of idea and concept of the Hulk as being this ever-changing, ever-evolving rage Mm -hmm. monster, I thought was so cool. So the thing to me about the
1: Hulk, putting on like the history cap for a sec, is the fact that the Hulk, when he debuted, and I think it was like 61 or something... His book only ran for six issues, which is kind of crazy when you think about all the stuff that came out of Marvel in the 60s, Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, Avengers, X-Men, Daredevil, like they all just kept going, right? And Hulk, despite us remembering Hulk as being this popular, successful character, his, his series only ran six issues because it just wasn't working. But almost immediately, you see Hulk start popping up in other places, in Avengers, in Fantastic Four, and he's always kind of the pseudo-villain, which I think, to your point, is kind of what he was in the Ultimate universe. He was technically a member of the Ultimates, but he was also, in a lot of ways, the problem they were trying to solve, he's, he's, more he's a than force, not.
0: He's more of a force of nature that they're right. trying to direct.
1: And to me, that Hulk, and it's translated over into the cinematic universe, where we see Hulk is a member of the Avengers, Hulk is kind of this uh, side star in Thor Ragnarok, but not the protagonist. That's where I think he works best. I think whether he's a guest star or a villain or just, again, the problem they have to solve, that to me, those are my favorite Hulk stories with some notable exceptions. But for the most part... I just don't think Hulk works, and, and you, you said it very well, why he doesn't work. I just don't think he works as the lead protagonist if you're doing a straight-up Hulk story. We'll talk in the next segment about why we think Mortal Hulk is the exception to that rule. But for the most part, I think Hulk is great as part of the story, but not necessarily the star of the story.
0: As And as great as he's utilized in the MCU as a supporting character... I think that I will always be salty about the fact that they that, that we didn't get a standalone Hulk film in between the Infinity Wars. Yeah, you talked about That showed how this. Banner and Hulk were able to reconcile because you know they tried to put you know the Hulk up against the Abomination in one of them and and, mm-hmm. and up against the uh, giant pink dogs in the first one. Yes, but you know, classic. E- exactly. You know, when when writing a Hulk film, it always should have been Banner versus the Hulk, right? Mm-hmm. That should have been the dichotomy there. But uh, you know, you provided a great segue into our next one talking about Immortal Hulk, which seems to honestly have solved I think a lot of the problems that the Hulk has, you know, in storytelling while also finding really cool ways to now expand and explore the Hulk mythos. We're going to talk about Immortal Hulk here coming up. There will be spoilers. Thank Hey, what's up? I'm Robbie from Checkpoint XP. And I'm Jake from the Overwatch League casting team. And together, we're your hosts of the Owl's Nest. With the Overwatch League up and running again, we'll be bringing you all the latest from the League and within Overwatch. But it's important that we all do our part to flatten the curve by staying home during the COVID-19 outbreak. So stay home. Stay healthy. And we'll see you every Friday night on the Owl's Nest before the Overwatch League weekend. Check it out at the Checkpoint XP YouTube channel or at CheckpointXP.com. Students are playing more video games than ever, and that's not... Not a bad thing anymore. With Checkpoint XP on campus, you can peek into the world of college esports and gaming. We talk to personalities in the space like Phasics, who retired from the Overwatch League to join a college team. Or thought leaders like James O'Hagan of the Academy of Esports, who's leading the charge on blending education and video games. It's not all black holes and floss dances. Games can lead to college scholarships. And we can tell you where on Checkpoint XP on campus. Thank you guys once again for downloading the other identity and sticking with us this far. We're now going to start talking about, uh, the immortal Hulk, which is an ongoing series. Now they're on, uh, issue 34 or 35 by this point. Uh, uh, you may be listening to this. Um, I'm still very, very terrible at, uh, uh, you know, who does these things. I know that it's, it's Al Ewing who is the writer. Al Ewing. Al
1: Ewing is the writer. Uh, Joe Bennett has been the primary penciler with some guest spots, but, uh, yeah, I I took a while to get into Immortal Hulk, uh, but this series has been a revelation to me. Mm-hmm. Um, quick background, I do think there are a couple other really good Hulk runs. I know I said in our second segment that, for the most part, I have not liked Hulk as leading man. The exceptions, I think, are Peter David, who... As you were saying with the Cinematic Universe Hulk, he wrote a Smart Hulk, which I think was very interesting. And then Planet Hulk, of course, by Greg Pak. Oh, of course. It's a classic. Um, But Immortal Hulk, the reason I like it so much is just because it leans into the idea that rather than being a superhero, the Hulk is a monster, Mm -hmm. which seems like it should always be at the forefront of Hulk stories. But a lot of times they've tried to make him, they've tried to fit him into this superhero mold that doesn't necessarily work. The fact that Immortal Hulk is basically a full-on horror comic... Th- there have t- been a
0: lot of issues and a lot of panels that have just made me like quiver with unusiness yes. and anxiety.
1: Yeah, I gotta say, Joe Bennett, who has been around for quite some time as an artist, I've never seen him excel to this point just in terms of like the gross stuff he's drawing. Just like the body horror and yeah. things like that. And then Al Ewing, who... He's been around for a little while now he's uh, he's a british gent who I've, I've gotten to speak to quite a few times great guy nice guy um, wow the fact that he's a great guy and a nice guy is not reflected <laughs> here because this is twisted stuff it's just this idea that banner and the hulk cannot die right that's the thing that's at the heart of immortal hulk it's right there in the title and then as you expand it you find out that the other characters in the hulk's uh, circle whether it's Rick Jones or Betty or Doc Sampson, anyone who has interacted with gamma radiation just seems to always come back. And that, what I love here, is that Al is taking years of Hulk comics, the fact that these characters have always come back from the dead, and made it into a story point. Like, there's a reason. It's not just, hey, it's yeah, comics, he- they come back. There is actually, this is what fuels the larger story telling, is that gamma radiation is not just a scientific thing, there's a mystical element, and it's just, to me, it's brilliant. Every page I flip, I'm just like, I can't believe it was never approached this way, because it just feels like the perfect way to write the Hulk. And I can't imagine them going back to any sort of quote-unquote normal Hulk after this. Um, To me, this is the definitive Hulk now.
0: Well and, and, and what's great about it too is I think in the same way that uh it was Jeff Johns who who, who expanded the, uh, yes. the Green Lantern mythos, right? Mm-hmm. Al Ewing has now done that with the Hulk because everything that came before fits into this new it box. It still counts. It still exactly. counts. Exactly. And and one of the things that I love about it is this idea that what is I don't want to say what is wrong, but we're going to go with what is wrong because it, it, it's, it's okay. horror. But but okay. what is wrong with Bruce Banner was even there before the gamma uh, uh, bomb accident, right? He, yeah, he had a yeah. Dissociative disassociative identity disorder, mm-hmm. and so all the Hulks that we've seen over the years. They've all still been in banner, and it makes sense that they're all there, right? So so mm-hmm. so you get this sort of uh you know, schizophrenic sort of version where he's trying to he's even trying to figure out the rules himself. And and for right. me that's always big in comics is you know, when when they start a new run, they start a new hero, it's like, okay, so what are the rules? Yeah. Right? So 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 that we can follow along. And so to see yeah. the characters struggle with that as well, and to see them add this 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 mystical side to it, first of all. There is now a real credence to the matchup of Hulk versus Superman because now there's magic. <laughs> <in place. laughs> yeah. All right. Dipping, but... dipping into next week <laughs> a little bit, but we'll get
1: there. We'll we'll plug that before the end of the show.
0: Yeah, but but now it's also you know it's it, it's not just this de- this Jekyll and Hyde of you know the rage monster and and the shy scientist trying to control him going around destroying stuff. You know, it's much deeper than and, that, and it allows you to. Now going forward, as, as you said, they, they can't get rid of this. This needs to be the definitive version yeah. of the Hulk now because now this allows you to do whatever you want with the Hulk, whether that means creating a new identity to support a new story. It's just just everything about this is, is it redefines. so amazing. It, it really yeah, it, does. It,
1: it redefines the Hulk. And I also, another thing I really, really love is that Al Ewing, you can tell, is a fan and a student of the game because he'll take characters that were super obscure, like... General Fortian, who's basically the antagonist of the first 25 Uh issues or so, is not a new creation. He was like a blip-on-the-radar character, not from like classic Hulk comics from the 60s, but literally from a Hulk run that I remember from like 2008, and... Al Ewing, instead of saying, like, all right, I'm going to, which which I think, there's nothing wrong with this, but I think when a writer takes over a series and they have an idea for, like, something they want to do, normally the impetus is, well, I'll just create a new character. Uh-huh. The idea that he was like, well, this is what I need, and this kind of already exists, I just need to expand and give him more of a background, that's one of the coolest things in comics to me. You brought up Jeff Johns' Green Lantern, and Jeff Johns' work in general, I think has always been that, to the point of, if there's a new character to be created i'll create a new character and he's created some great new ones but if there's a character that already has some history why not bring that character back into the mix and utilize them as the thing that moves the story forward it's the same thing with the uh, the quote unquote devil hulk who uh-huh. is one of yep. the personas like that is a pre-existing personality from a hulk series and from like Joe the late- fix it as well Exactly. It's like instead of just creating new, which is I, I'm all for creating new characters. And I think there are some great new creations in here. But I am as a geek and someone who's been reading this stuff for years. I'm such a fan of bringing back old characters and using them in new ways
0: honestly that is one of the hallmarks of i think great creators and amazing writers and not even just in comics but when you're able to create something new and and seamlessly weave it with the old stuff like to me that, mm-hmm. that just blows my mind my yeah. my favorite example is actually outside of comic although men in black does have a comic counterpart but yeah it started uh, the, as a comic the the third men in black film uh the one that, that introduced time travel which normally i hate time travel in movies mm-hmm. where it doesn't belong but the way that they were able to fix this loophole back in the first one where timely jones's character you know picked will smith and they're like why he's literally the worst and he's uh. just like he's just like he, he's just the one, and then you know, twenty years later, when you see the third one, which there's no way that was planned twenty years ago, right? It just makes sense, mm-hmm. and and that's what all of Immortal Hulk does. Like 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 for once in a comic book, it just all makes sense. And and I, I honestly did not think that I would be this in love yeah. with a Hulk series. But here we are. Honestly, here I, we are. You know, the the more that I talk about it, I would probably put it in in my top five, top five Marvel comics for sure. Yeah, maybe top five comics. Maybe. This is one of
1: the best comics I've read in a while. I cannot remember a series that has had me this kind of like glued and wanting to read the next issue and just kind of like binging this mm-hmm. way because it's it, the beauty of it too is that. It's really sequential storytelling. Every yeah. chapter is leading to something else. There's a bigger story being told here. I remember a couple of weeks ago you told me that it's ending with issue 50, which I think is great uh-huh. because I love the idea that Al Ewing has an idea for a beginning, a middle, and an end to this story. I just
0: know what that damn green door is.
1: I know. I, well, there's so much I want to know. And then, just, like, I just read issue 24 and issue 25 where they find find out like what that voice was, or at least kind of find out what that voice was—the narrating voice—and. It's just so good. It's so good. If you guys haven't read Immortal Hulk, uh, if you've been waiting and you've heard good things about it, please, 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 please please check out this book. It is so worth it.
0: Now's the time to do it. That's right. But that's going to be all for this episode of The Other Identity. Thank you once again, everyone, for tuning in.
1: Do you want to tease what we have next week or no? If
0: we tease it, then we have to do it.
1: Oh, I I like that idea.
0: Yeah. All right. So next week, uh, Kevin, The Opinion. The Opinion, Kevin uh, Kelly. He's back. He's going to be bringing quite a few of them to the show. Mm. Uh, He'll be back, and uh, apparently I've been roped into doing a Justice League versus the Avengers episode. So the idea here is that we each submit seven members, myself, the Avengers, Kevin, the Justice League, uh, and then uh, the professor here will go ahead and create uh, interesting matchups.
1: Oh, they'll be uh, interesting, all right.
0: And Kevin and I will have to argue uh, for our side Of course, with uh, Ben here being the mediator and deciding, uh, based on our arguments, who would win in the fight. And uh, we'll find out on the other side of that, uh, you know, who who would win between Justice League and the Avengers. But the real deciding factor, of course, will be you guys. uh, Because on social media, you will be uh, uh, voting and helping us decide, again, based on our arguments or just on your own, whatever you think, who would win between the Justice League and the Avengers. let so that's but coming that's up next, next week. week. Next week. Next yeah. week. Same other identity time, same other identity channel.